Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. It's Caroline from G-Thanks Just Bought It, reminding you that in between episodes, you can find me on Instagram at G-Thanks Just Bought It Pod. You can find products that don't make it onto the episodes and recommendations from listeners like you. So before you start this episode, give it a follow and say hi in the comments. And for a full list of every product we featured on G-Thanks, visit gthanksjustboughtit.com slash episodes. See you there. Hey everybody, welcome to another week of G-Thanks Just Bought It, the podcast where we talk about what we just bought and what you might need to buy next. I'm your host, Caroline Moss, and today I am joined by a very special guest. Jessica Goodman is the op-ed editor at Cosmopolitan, and she is the author of the brand new, her debut book, They Wish They Were Us, um, which I read in one sitting. Um and it is so good. Uh, Jessica, welcome. Thank you so much. It's so fun to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. Now, if you somehow um, live under a rock and haven't heard anything about They Wish They Were Us, first of all, like, best cover ever. Um, best cover ever. So good. I'm obsessed with the cover. When my publisher sent it, they sent, like, you know, comps of, like, what it could be. Mm-hmm. I was just like, this is exactly what I want from a, a young adult thriller. It is so good. It's, um, it's like, friendship necklaces um, with the words they wish they were us. The last necklace is the, with the word us. It's broken. There's blood all over it. It's, like, a preppy flannel background. It's, like, delicious. Um, so this book is, and, I, and Jessica and I talked, like, right before we went um, to record, and I was like, please tell me exactly like what I'm allowed to say because one time I spoiled like a brand new book for a lot of people and still have nightmares about it so so and Jessica scream if I say too much but basically the book is about it's a prep school murder mystery um I described it to somebody as gossip girl meets Riverdale um perfect yeah like imagine like the the elitism and the and the privilege of gossip girl with the like immediate murder mystery of Riverdale and it is they wish they were us um it's it's about a, a bunch of high school seniors they're like kind of approaching this last final um like epic year of high school uh they are kind of moved on and removed from this extremely um horrible like murder that happened um when they were freshmen and they all sort of have like moved on and then all of a sudden it's back to haunt them in like very gossip girly kind of ways you did an amazing job congratulations oh my gosh thank you I'm honored it's so good <laughs> um and also some big news that came out like what before the book launched do you want to tell yeah I think like I think like the Friday before the book came out um yeah we announced that it is gonna be hopefully turned into a tv show which is so exciting um Sydney Sweeney who is one of the stars of Euphoria and Handmaid's Tale and Sharp Objects, she 
is going to star as the main character, Jill, and she's going to executive produce alongside um, Nathan Rose, uh, Nathan Ross, and um, Jean Marc Vallee of the Big Little Lies team. Insane. So it's yeah, it's like kind of bananas. Um, and this like, incredible filmmaker Annabella Tanzio is on board to you know adapt it um and I somehow wiggled my way into getting an executive producing role also which is really exciting so it's just kind of uh you know it's 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 wild it's just the coolest thing ever honestly that's the coolest um, thing ever yeah it's pretty it's pretty amazing um and I I, you know the feedback I keep getting is that people can like see it happening on the page which is like the greatest compliment ever so um I have no doubt that these folks will make it like just such a gritty incredible tv show hopefully i think it's it's so exciting gonna be so good and my only request is that when it becomes a huge tv show and they ultimately do a re-release with the cover with the actual actors on it tell them they can't because this cover is so good they (laughs) they cannot change the cover um so i didn't really know a lot about this before entering the world of of writing books but um being able to like option, which is what it means to sell. Essentially, you sell your book to like a production company or a network and say like, OK, for a certain amount of money. And it's not a huge amount of money um, for a certain amount of money. Like you have like X amount of time to like do something with it, which means that like, hey, if NBC options this book, like Fox or ABC can't come in and be like, we want to option the book. Like NBC has two years to do something with it. In that two years, it pays you a little bit of, of money. Um, for it to be announced before your book came out and for you to have scored yourself an executive producer credit is also like a little unheard of uh, because they usually just kind of kick the author out after that. They're like, we bought your book. Like here's, you know, $15,000 or $20,000 or whatever, which is like, yeah, that's a lot of money, but it's not like quit your job and like, you know, buy an Island money. It's like, Oh, okay. Like this is a a nice, great stockpile. Um, uh, But it's really difficult to get yourself like also in the room, which is wild that you did that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I I think it's, it's, an incredible opportunity. I'm so thrilled. This is certainly not my adaption. Like, I think I will be there as like a supporting member of the team, but I am certainly not like the person writing the, writing the show or like coming up with the treatment or pitching it. Um, But it is, I think a testament to Sydney, who was like the first person to read it and want to work on the book that she saw that there was value in having like the book's creator be a part of it. Um, And so I'm like so grateful to her for that because I have heard so many stories from other authors who've just been like, you know, they optioned it and now like I have no idea what's happening. And then, you know, 10 months later, like nothing, nothing happens or a year later, like, and then all of a sudden it's just like over with and done with. Um, So I'm, I'm very grateful for that, but you're right. I mean, it, it, it has, we have been in conversations with these folks since May of last year. So it, it, it has been like such a long process and such a big secret to hold on to that I'm just like thrilled that we can like shout about it from the rooftops and and tell everyone that it's happening Hollywood moves so slowly I know that myself um it, well, it's a- funny because publishing does also yeah like <laughs> yeah like I have a couple of friends I mean you live in LA so I'm sure you do too like folks who work in the biz mm-hmm. and they're always like oh my god it's so slow and I'm like you have no idea like I sold this book in 2018 and now it's coming out <laughs> isn't that crazy yeah like yeah. we sold hey ladies in 2016 and it came out in 2018 and we were like wow that's so far away I mean obviously in between you have to write the whole book which is another story <laughs> but like yeah I mean they're like 
that's why I'm always so surprised. I mean, uh, I don't even want to spend too much time on this. But when when it was announced that like Cuomo's writing a book about like COVID, like that is the fastest turnaround. Also, I know he's obviously not writing it. I don't know what he's going to say either. But it's like these things take years. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I I started this book in 2011, like when I was in college. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't working on it like the whole time until until I got an agent and, um, you know, sold it. But I worked on it a little bit in college and then like didn't think about it for five years and then picked it up again and like tried to turn it into a book. So it's been just like a really long process. And to see it come out now and like have people actually like read it and engage with it. It's um, it's it's like it's such a strange feeling but so mm-hmm. cool yeah it that's awesome that's incredible um that it was something that you were you had kind of come up with the idea like almost 10 years ago yeah I was in like a YA writing fiction class in college and uh, we had to like come out of the class with I think it was like 50 pages of a novel oh my God. and like an outline for how to finish it and the like Jill Newman the main character was always there like the secret society of the players was always there mm-hmm. and it was always like a prep school on Long Island um and there was always a murder but of course it evolved and I I hopefully I think the writing got better <laughs> as, as I went of course um and I actually like learned how to structure a story um but yeah like the basic idea was always there so it's yeah I've just been like noodling around on these characters forever. Impressive. So that's even like a, I mean, I'm sure you did not dream of releasing your debut novel in the middle of a pandemic, but as we were talking about earlier, it feels like people are reading more than ever. Like it's an escape. We did. I watched all the TV there was to offer between March and May. I have nothing left. I'm moving (laughs) on. Um, uh, But that actually leads me to my next question, which is that, you know, how do you structure and like don't you don't have to give the academic answer but like how do you write a mystery like just how do you do it I because I don't know this is question is for me <laughs> um, I mean I would love to have like a whole uh like lesson plan about this and hope maybe one day I will mm-hmm. for me I think like the big thing about a mystery is like okay so there's like one big question that you like pose very early in the story like for my book it's like who actually killed Shayla Arnold, which is like Jill's best friend who died when she was a freshman. Yep. Um, because like you plant the doubt early that, that like somebody that the person who they think killed her actually didn't. So like, that's like the central mystery of the book. Mm-hmm. But then along the way, there are tons of little mysteries and like smaller questions that also need to be answered. And I think that that's what keeps like in all mysteries, that's what keeps readers like actually turning the page and mm-hmm. wanting to know what's going on. Because if you just have like one mystery and let's just say like, uh, you know, the payoff like isn't actually that great or like you figure it out really early. Like you still want something that readers are interested in learning about, like whether that's these kind of like mini mysteries that go, that go throughout the run throughout the book. Yeah. But that's or it's so like, hard. It's really hard. And <laughs> it's really hard. And it takes so much trial and error. Like my agent and my editor are geniuses, I think. And there's like at every at every stop along the way in the process of this like they helped me make the story so much stronger like and I think I always kind of describe it like this like in the beginning you have like a like a coloring book that's like not filled in anywhere you know and it's just like the outlines of stuff and then like as you go through like your editor and your agent kind of like help you like color and like color in and like make it more full and more real and like there were characters and plot lines that like didn't even exist when I 
when we sold the book. Mm. So it's just like, it, it really is like a team effort. <laughs> it is not like one person, or at least for me, it's not like one person like coming up with every single part. That gives me a lot of hope because I'm a, um, like a classic, like first drafter where I'm like, if it's not like so close to perfect the first draft I hand in it's worthless and like I need to learn how to move away from that but it's it's so hard because it's it's like you you're just like especially a book it's like what 80,000 90,000 words Mm -hmm. sometimes like you have to like believe in yourself enough to have like to have this unbridled confidence that you can one day get there without having like any kind of payoff and it's kind of like I mean it's an absurd thing to think about if you think about it like that but then um you know, I think you kind of need like a couple people along the way to be like, no, there's potential here. Like, actually, what if you did this? Like, I think this would really help it. So, I mean, I'm like, so not a proud or precious writer. Like I okay. will hand over like crappy drafts to anyone who will read them and be like, help me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that that's the, that's the thing is like getting rid of that preciousness and you know, the old killing your darlings or whatever and being okay with being like, this book might not be exactly what I imagined it to be because it's going to be better than that rather than being like, no, the first idea I had was like the one and I refuse to deviate. When you talked about payoff, I'm reminded of how bad the payoff was in Gossip Girl. The first <laughs> mystery, which was why did Serena come back and, um, you know, what happened. And I'm going to Gossip Girl's been over for a while, you guys, so I don't care about spoiling this. So but basically, like the she was just nearby someone who overdosed. OK, wait, I wait. Was that why? Wait, I. Um... <laughs> yeah. So I'm just asking because I, we literally just started rewatching this show because my my fiance Maxwell was like, why does everyone keep comparing your book? To, why does everyone keep comparing your book to Gossip Girl? What is it? And I was like, are oh. you kidding me? And we're like <laughs> around the same age. Like, I'm like, what rock were you living under that like you weren't aware of it? And he was like, no, I, I've like heard of it. I just like don't know what it was. Sure. Anyway, we started rewatching it. So now we're like, I, I mean, he's like, in in which is great okay but um we're five episodes in it's very problematic the show <laughs> but um Horrific. I thought the mystery it's very problematic but I thought the central mystery was why why she left and it was because she slept with Nate again don't care about spoilers don't care about spo- so okay so she did sleep with Nate but it's not necessary it's not really why she left it's so that's the thing is like that's like the um so I so if I'm giving notes if I'm critiquing Gossip Girl uh <laughs> So they pretend like the Nate thing is the reason. And at the end of season one, you find out that she and Georgina had witnessed. Do you remember this now? Like they, they like did some Coke with like some guy in a hotel and she, and he OD'd and she kind of internalized that as her fault when it wasn't her fault. Like it's just not, it's not good payoff because you as the audience, like you're like Serena, it wasn't your fault. Like you didn't, you really didn't do anything wrong. Like you shouldn't have been doing drugs and like, it really sucks that your drug dealer died and OD'd and like all of you should go to therapy, but like you did not kill him. Um, and if you have like half a brain or understanding of how drugs work, like, you know, she didn't kill him where, so I feel like that should have been, been inverted where like, I would have loved the big reveal to be like, you're a shitty friend and you slept with your friend's boyfriend. Th- those are great edits. You Thank should you become so an much. Edit- you should become an editor Thank for you. Alloy. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I seriously, like, I would love to go back in time, sit in the writer's room and gossip girl and be like, I have an idea. Um, 
Wait, I recently had a friend who shall remain who shall remain nameless who told me that she like tried out to write Gossip Girl, Whoa. and I was I like needed to hear everything about it, and she couldn't remember a lot, which is which was very upsetting to me because <laughs> I need to, I if so if anyone who's like listening to this is a was a ghostwriter on Gossip Girl, like please get in touch. I need to learn everything about that. We have questions. You need yeah, you need to come on the show, or you can just talk to us. You know, one on two. We just want to know. We just want to know things. Um, is Maxwell enjoying Gossip Girl who are like what's his stance who are his faves well he's really bad with faces and names um so he like can't really remember anyone but he he remembers who Chuck is because um he was like that man is just a Chuck like he looks exactly like Chuck doesn't understand who Nate is every time he's on the screen he's like who is that person um understood immediately that Blair was a bad a bad person so that was that was good for our relationship okay go ahead (laughs) He um he's horrified by it all and uh is enjoying it, which is I think the intended reaction. I'm so glad. Uh, it only goes downhill, unfortunately. It the first couple seasons are really strong, and then the last couple seasons make no sense. Like, nothing. yeah, I think I only I think I only watched like the first three seasons, um, which I feel like is what I will rewatch. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, to me, it's like after this, we'll have to go to the OC because together they are like they they are the the king and queen of these you know that that era of tv now when did you graduate from high school 2008 okay so gossip girl was like truly your that was like a high school show for you yeah i think it went into college for me and like that's when i stopped watching the oc started my junior year in high school so like i was in college when gossip girl came out and i remember being like yeah that's New York. Um, <laughs> like I didn't go to, I didn't go to, um, I went to college in Massachusetts and like, I immediately became like the cool New York person, which like says a lot about what people kind of, you know what I mean? Like some people, Oh wow. You're from New York. Like, no, I was from the suburbs. I wasn't very cool, but like there was this, um, like, Oh, like is gossip girl like your life? It's like, yeah, for sure. And that's why I'm here. <laughs> Uh, in Massachusetts. Yes, I also eat like $50 grilled cheeses from the Plaza Hotel. Yeah, correct. I also like, right, I had martinis when I was 15. At the, That was also, you know what, They the, the way that they show underage drinking is like a very big, They do, you cannot underage drink like that in New York, at least not in my world. Not in my world either. <laughs> um, yeah. I could talk about Gossip Girl forever. So could I. We'll have to have another show. And then did you watch Riverdale at all? I watched the first season of Riverdale. What did you think of it, knowing that this was already sort of your your book and you wanted to write YA murder and that you had already started writing YA murder? When YA murder and murder in general over the last 10 years became like a trendy thing, did it kind of give you the push you needed to keep going? Or were you like, oh, my God, what if someone steals my idea? Like, where was your head at through like 2011 through 2018? You know, I never thought, like, what if someone steals my idea? Because I think so much of, like, every story has been told before. Right. Um, I just, like, I believe that. And I think the it's, like, kind of about the way you tell it. So I was, like, you know, if if someone doesn't want to buy my book, it's probably because of, like, my writing, maybe. And, like, less about the plot is, like, kind of how I was thinking about it. I have no idea if that's right or wrong. But um, mm-hmm. I do think obviously there's been such a surge in like true crime and especially like true crime stories or thriller stories that are aimed at like young people. Mm. But I think the way that they've been told in the past, like however many years has changed dramatically. Like there is such an emphasis now on centering 
survivors and victims stories in a way that there just like wasn't when we were growing up or in the past when you know you think of like the classic mysteries that you could buy at the grocery store or whatever they were more about like the detectives and the people solving the crimes and like the heroes of the story and something that I'm really cognizant of especially because I'm writing like for young women I think and about young women is like how can we make sure that the people that who have like the people who've suffered are actually having their voices heard and that they're portrayed in a way that makes them real people instead of just like the dead girl trope like the beautiful blonde who just like died and and like it's more about like you know like the the kind of like gross toxicity of that Mm. um you know obviously like I want to make sure that we're also centering the voices of those who like survived and are grieving her but I think that that like awareness is just something that's somewhat new in in the genre um it's it's just been a real like I mean it's just something that I'm really like sensitive towards when I'm writing or try try to be yeah, I think you absolutely nailed it, too, because when I was reading, I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was that felt like I knew I was like, oh, wow, we didn't have anything like this growing up. Like, I don't remember any sort of story that was so um, I think covering like such advanced material for young adults where like I knew about that stuff, but I wasn't reading books about that stuff because they were like, oh, no, kids can't read about that. Like, you know what I mean? Like there was it was like this sheltered sort of this thing. And I got a lot of like Veronica Mars vibes from it, too, um, in that it did there. You did see the victim's story um, play out on the page. And it wasn't necessarily just a composite of the people who survived her, um, which I thought was like a really interesting way to do it. And and now that you say that it's like oh yeah obviously that's what it was because like those stories weren't like dead girl trope is like a real thing um and it's also like an easy thing to do yeah and I mean there's a reason why people want to read about it like it's just trauma porn Mm -hmm. um it's why like everyone is so obsessed with true crime I think but um I think the stories that do center the the victims and the survivors and give them more voice like those are the more interesting stories like those are the ones that actually are compelling and like make you want to keep reading. It's it's almost like instead of getting like a quick hit, you know, you're like actually like diving deeper into a story. I mean, that's like what I want to read. Like that's who I, that those are the authors who I gravitate towards the mm-hmm. ones that, um, that do that really well, I think. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, it's, it's very easy to read a story where you automatically know who's bad and who's good, like very, very quickly. It's, it's way more uh, interesting to read a book where you, where everyone's sort of multifaceted and you can't really make a decision about anyone. And also like bad things happen to people who have done bad things. And that doesn't mean that that person deserved it. And I think that like, you know, even still today, like as a, you know, as like a society, as a culture, we tend to like really, really romanticize dead people. And like, we like, you can, you can have been like a bitch and also still have been murdered. And like, that's, that's horrible. Like you shouldn't have been murdered, but like, I think we're very quick to be like, and she was so nice and she was so amazing. And like, we can't speak ill of her. And I think a lot of books like in the past really were like also afraid to even to to even traverse those lines, like in a fiction way. And I think it's like way more interesting to be like, Hey, this person might not even be super likable. Um, but like a bad thing happened to them and, and like, let's learn how to like empathize with that or, 
want justice for that person without also agreeing of like with every decision that they made while they were alive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they were like real people. Right, exactly. And real people have and real people have flaws and that's what makes them interesting. Mm-hmm. And I just think yeah, we like we haven't done a lot with that in books and it's really cool that this is not only a book that does that but it's also a book for young people that does that. Um before we take a break and go on to our product picks um what are two other books that it's like okay you read they wish they were us you loved it what do you recommend in your own genre now to read okay well there are like so many incredible young adult authors right now doing this kind of this kind of story so mm-hmm. if you like if you like this book there are like so many incredible options out there the one book that I am obsessed with that's coming out in September, so probably around when this will air, mm-hmm. um, is a book called Grown by Tiffany D. Jackson. It also has an incredible cover, um, and it is inspired by the R. Kelly allegations. Wow. And it's a it's about a young woman who lives in Westchester, and it she's a young black woman, and okay. she is an as- aspiring singer, and she goes on this. Um, like try out for like an, a voice type show. Mm-hmm. And one of the judges is a, um, a young, like, I think he's like 27 or something. Um, R and B star. And he's extremely popular, like R Kelly level fame. And, you know, he grooms her into a relationship. Um, Whoa. if you can even call it a relationship and it is, um, the book starts, I don't think this is a spoiler because this is how the book starts and this is how it's pegged. The book starts with him dead and her waking up with his blood on her hands. <gasps> um, and it's, it is an incredible story. Um, so compelling and, and horrifying and um, extremely empathetic. And I read it in one, one full sitting, oh, like, like, six, like 6 p.m. to 11 p.m., <laughs> like could not put it down. Tiffany D. Jackson is incredible. All of her work is is stunning. She has a couple other books that are um, in this vein, and it's just it's remarkable, honestly. Um, that's what I would recommend. Okay. Also, a, a few other authors that just are similar, like Courtney Summers is incredible. Um, she has a new book out that's like I haven't read it, but it's coming out next, I think in like April or May or March or April or something, called The Project, which is about like a cult. And her book Sadie is like a podcast true crime book that's really good. Kara Thomas's um, The Cheerleaders is amazing. It's it's based on the Dryden murders mm-hmm. in New- upstate New York um, about a, bu- a bunch of cheerleaders who who are dead and it's uh, or her mur- murdered and it is um, yeah she's amazing also but uh, yeah why to- honestly like <laughs> YA thrillers are where it's at like there's so there's so much good stuff coming out I in, in this area I'm making a note to read all of these especially grown I. Um, it's you would you would feel I think you would feel like so affected by it and her other book Monday's Not Coming is um it's it's also just it's about like a like young black girls who um live kind of like they're not super well off in DC and they um one of them goes missing and her best friend is the only person who who believes that this girl has gone missing. And I think it's inspired by all of the missing girls in DC, mm-hmm. like all the young black girls who go missing and like nobody looks for them. Mm-hmm. And, and in, in Monday's not coming, this, the main character is like the only person who believes that her best friend has disappeared. And of course, of course she's right. And in a devastating way. Anyway, Tiffany G. Jackson, everyone go read I'm all of her stuff. I'm going to buy both of these. And I'm also, I mean, I, so like I bought, um, they wish they were us. 
on my Kindle and then you had sent me a galley and I'm thinking I'm like okay well I'll pre-order grown but I might also flex my um my my press uh privileges and be like please send me early copy now um, <laughs> I need to read it like yesterday um that sounds awesome yeah uh well that is very okay I'm making a full list uh Monday's not coming is her first yes yeah okay cool or actually I mean she has a couple others but I think allegedly is her first which is also great but um yeah, Monday's not coming and grown or, or my two wrecks from her. Building my TBR pile. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be back with our product picks for this week. Okay, we're back. Um, Jessica Goodman, author of They Wish They Were Us, op-ed editor at Cosmopolitan. Do you sleep? Like, do you ever take a break? What's up with your schedule? Um, I sleep a lot or I try to, but <laughs> I think I'm just like not that social these days. <laughs> well, who is? I think it's who is and who you're, is? are your your wedding planning right now, huh? Well, we stopped wedding planning okay. um, because of COVID, which yeah. we've talked about, but yeah. Um, yeah, we were supposed to try to get married June, 2021. And I think we were lucky enough to realize before we signed a wedding contract that that was probably not going to happen. So we just kind of like put it off. Are you thinking that you might want to do something smaller or intimate and then do a big party later? Or do you want to save everything for the one, one and done? I think we're, we're not opposed to anything, but my family lives on the East coast and his family lives on the West coast. So we're, we're, we're kind of like not really into the idea of doing something like one without the other totally are not also not interested in like asking one family to somehow traverse the country. So TBD. Mm-hmm. Well, that's <laughs> smart. You would be paying for that forever. You would be, you would never live that down. It's smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's, it sucks. I like, I can't even imagine, you know, what sucks more though? Like people who are still going through with their like massive weddings, I I try I, yeah. I try not to judge, but I'm judging. That's crazy. Massive weddings, not small I'm, like safe ones. I'm not even trying not to judge. I'm judging. Like, did you <laughs> did you hear the story that's going viral in Maine? Yeah, it's like a yeah. I just saw someone died, and she wasn't even at the wedding. Yeah, tell everybody. Tell everybody yeah. this headline. It, it, it's basically like I I think in Maine, it's like you can have a 50 person indoor wedding with with uh, masks which also is like bananas to me. Um, But someone threw a wedding with 65 people indoors and something like 40 people at least got COVID and one person died. And a lot of the cases weren't even um, like connected to people. Like they weren't even people who were at the wedding. They were like secondary and tertiary contacts. So it was like a big super spreader event. A big super spreader event. Cool. Um, yeah, and just like I don't know, change your wedding plans, dude. I just can't imagine that you're like, and 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 I get it. Like I already had my wedding. I can't talk. I understand that it's it's probably very painful to have been slated to get married this summer or this past spring, and like everything's off the rails, and all the money is in flux, and like it sucks. Like I would not wish that on my worst enemy. But there's another part of me, and everyone I know, like, for, if anyone's listening, being like, oh, my gosh, she's subtweeting me. No, I don't know anybody who had, did not handle their wedding plans responsibly. But I I did write something for the Today Show a few months ago um, where, like, a bridesmaid wrote in, and she was like, 
my best friend like will not cancel her wedding. It's like in September, there's like 160 people going. Like she she's like, this is my day, blah, 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 blah. Like, can I get out of it? And I basically was like, yes, you can get out of it. You know, we're in a pandemic. Um, like it's going to suck for your friendship, but like, this isn't about you and it's not about her. It's about like not wanting to kill anybody or be killed. Um, and I got so many angry messages from brides to be being like, I mean, like my friends and I had this like group chat going where, where we would, I would send them all these screenshots, but like, I got all these messages that were like, you have no idea like what we Corona brides are going through. And I'm like, okay, A, I wrote, Hey ladies, like I, I get, I, I, I see you. I get this. Um, I invented making fun of you. Um, but, but I was like, wow. Like, and this was also around the time when the protests started sparking and like, it was huge unrest. And, and I mean, obviously that's still ongoing, but this was like, it was the first week where everyone was speaking up and companies and there was like the downfall of all these people and everyone was being called out for past racism and like just things were starting to happen and still I was getting these messages that are like this has been harder for no one but me. oh my god like I am oh suffering god. like I want my wedding I've dreamed about this my whole life I'm like I get it but like you know I just can't imagine like bride brain is so crazy that like if you what if you were like, I'm go- having my wedding and then you're the reason why someone died? Like someone, That's you actually know. Thinking. Like it's crazy. Yeah, just have some perspective. Right. Like it's you're gonna, not going to look back on your wedding happily if someone dies. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you're never going to look back on that and be like, I loved that day. That was the, <laughs> that was the day we killed Aunt Mary. Loved it. It was amazing. My favorite day. Um, yeah, there. like you will never... I don't know I I've, I experienced and I don't know if this is like normal or if I was just really tired but I experienced like postpartum like wedding depression that's real we've we've done stories on that at Cosmo it's okay a real thing. that makes me feel better because I was like Why? I wasn't sad that it was over but it was like it's like when it's like I, I'm like it's like my, running a marathon I imagine it is like running a marathon I'll never know but um like you're done and it's like oh whoa okay well, honestly, like the day after my book came out, I like felt really depressed. Like I had, like I cried a lot and like couldn't explain why I was crying and they were not happy tears. Like, and I full on had a melt, had like a depressive meltdown. Um, and I'm, I'm out of it now, but I, I, it's real. It's like the same thing of like, well, I released this thing or like I had this big event and like, now what? Yeah. Now what? And like, you kind of you have that date and I felt that with Hey Ladies too it's like you have that date on your calendar for so long that you can't even imagine that there there's a day that comes after it or that or you kind of imagine that day to last like six times as long as any other day and it just isn't it's a day like any other day and then it's over um and you also similarly to writing a book too you want like feedback from people like you're sitting there and you're like oh my god like this thing that I like put out into the world is now in the hands of all these people. And it's like so hard not to text everyone, you know, and be like, so do you like it? Do you like it? Do you think I did a good job? Was it good? Is it good? Like, also like, it's a book, which like, you know, it's not a movie. It's not like going to take you an hour and a half to get through. It's like, some people take like a really long time to read. Right. <laughs> and I was like, tell me your thoughts. Right. It's like, well, people probably won't get back to you for a while. I mean, I loved the book so much and I did read it really, really quickly the day that I, I got it. And I was like, I have to tell her I loved it because I remember how it feels to sit there being being like, is it too soon to ask people if I love my sister? I don't know if she's listening, but my sister like notoriously has not finished Hey Ladies, which is and it's been out, it's been out for like two and a half years. I don't think she's ever going to finish it. But she's like, I read it. I read it up in probably until like, you know, the April or May chapter. I'm like, OK, 
great. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't take it to, to heart too seriously. But yeah, like there, you know, I think that I get it. Like, you know, you hype up your wedding. I can't imagine someone being like, now you can't have it. You've planned everything and now you can't have it. But I also can't imagine someone dying at your wedding and you waking up the next day and being like, it was worth it. Like, don't care. And I just, okay, fine, whatever. There's some sort of like horror movie in here that I think needs to be written, but I mean, just nightmare. When do Corona you... bride? Right. That's what they're, they're calling them. Yeah, they need to get a grip. We brides of Corona. Do you, when do you think we're going to see our first kind of onslaught of like, like pandemic content in books and movies? You know, I was just on a panel this weekend um, with a bunch of other YA thriller writers, and that was one of the questions, like, are you working on including COVID or pandemic stuff, like, in your stories? And we were all just like, absolutely not. Like, have no interest in going back there. Like, not a thing we're interested in doing. But I know you are, like, an Ellen Hildebrand. Helen Hildebrand. Mm-hmm. Stan. Uh, ob- uh, like, Stan, for sure. And she, didn't she include something in, like, her most recent book about this? I haven't read it, but I've heard extraordinary things from you. <laughs> yeah, well, right. Um, yes. So it's actually something she brought up, too, during our um, interview was, like, so I got a galley copy, like, back in February, and um, the funny thing about her book is that like it's called 28 summers and at the it, it covers every chapter is a summer so in the beginning of each year it's like what's happening in this year so in like 1996 it's like you know actually what why am I talking like I know what that is like I don't know Jean-Bernet Ramsey or like Hillary Clinton Monica Lewinsky like you know all these different things like this hurricane that hurricane like this world series this Olympics um, and then you get to March 2020 which is the last chapter in the book because most of her books have something that call attention to like you're reading this in this specific summer and we're talking about this specific summer so you could be like oh I'm also in this summer um so her March 2020 thing was like we're talking about the election we like we we can't stop talking about the election the election is everything the election is everything and as I read it um in March I was like oh my god this is gonna be so weird when it comes out in the summer and it's like we were not talking about the election in March. Um, and she said because she, she didn't have it's it's just like one paragraph in the book. So she was like, I called my editor immediately and I was like, I know all the galleys came out and had this, you know, we're talking about the election, but like we have to change it. Um, I feel like you can pull that off if you're her. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I but I will be very surprised uh not surprised but I think I'm just not interested in reading anything about about this time no um right now maybe I'll feel differently in like 10 years when the trauma is passed maybe um you know but for especially for people who you know I'm so fortunate I haven't lost a loved one from from this like disease at all but Mm -hmm. I mean obviously so many people have and so many communities are disproportionately affected like obviously um their reaction to seeing it in you know in pop culture like I have no idea what that might feel like yeah but I'm not interested right and right like what who cares about what I thought even if it is fictional like what I don't like whatever story I would come up with pandemic related is not that interesting and like what a privilege to be able to be like I'm gonna write a story about the pandemic that we just lived through um, I'd love to watch like a documentary about um, how it ended, <laughs> like, you know, like, 
<laughs> but uh, no, no, thank you. I don't need to like write a YA story about like children and masks. I hope people, I hope people can look back at, at the weird um, onslaught of like 9-11 movies that came like way too fast and think like, hmm, that was a mistake. Like, let's wait on that. Like, wasn't there like a big, I don't mean there was United 93. Like there were so many like weird, like, yeah, like, I remember so vividly going to see it. I, 9-11 happened when I was in sixth grade and I lived in the suburbs of Long, uh, suburbs of New York and mm-hmm. Long Island. And I remember so vividly going to see a 9-11 movie in eighth grade with like my eighth grade boyfriend and all of his friends. And we romantic. were all like we, so romantic, <laughs> but we all just like walked out of the movie like silent as like 14 year old, like 13, you know, 14 yeah. year old, like, I don't know. And, and just don't, it's just not, it's not something I'm interested in. Totally. Yeah. I mean, similarly, I was up in Westchester, so we were like, you know, sandwiching 9-11. Um, but and I was in ninth grade and I remember like, you know, the Nicolas Cage movie came out and then there was that Robert Pattinson movie that like ends on 9-11, which is like really weird. It's like they zoom out and he's like in the towers and there's like so much masturbatory, you know, like nationalism embedded in that kind of stuff. And it's like it just and and, and it's like it I don't know, it, it pretends to be about victims, but it's like mostly about like jerking off to America like I don't know and it like makes money and the money doesn't benefit anything but the studios and like I just think that that would be a nice case study for like no pandemic someone did announce a pandemic movie though I'll have to google it so so many so many right I keep seeing like deadline articles about like so-and-so sells like a coronavirus story like this or that or whatever yeah I don't know truly bad um okay so we've somehow covered 9-11 um (laughs) I need I we got from murder to 9-11 so I need to know what you brought this is a true surprise I told you I trusted you I was like don't tell me what it is so okay let's I hear ho- it I hope you're not disappointed I, I will not, not be disappointed. disappointed okay I have brought with me a box of note cards which which are the box is broken but it's just a totally like standard plastic box of note cards um, from this company, American Greeting Cards, which is like a totally generic greeting card company. Sure. But these are so beautiful and fun. And they're just really standard neon colored note cards in lots of different colors with matching envelopes. And they come in boxes of 100 note cards and 100 envelopes for $15. Nice. And I bought them when I was starting to release, like give out galleys to people. And I wanted to send handwritten notes to people. And um, I just like have kept this box forever. And now I send out note cards in like any kind of mailing. Like I think I sent you one with it with a final copy of the book. Mm-hmm. I'm sending I'm sending out them out to people who um, I'm sending like co- like stickers with the they wish they were us cover on it and giving everyone like I have a whole stack of envelopes here wow. that are just like so pretty. So okay, so the reason why I wanted to bring this is obviously there is so much focus on the United States Postal Service right now because of the way that it's being defunded in such a grotesque way. And everybody is like, buy stamps and send mail and like support the post office. And like, we 100% have to do that. But I feel like so many people only buy like $6 papyrus cards that are just like exorbitantly expensive. And like, you can't do that on a mass level. And I come from a family uh, that like really believes in thank you notes and like physical cards. Like my mom sent me a little package of, uh, 
surgical masks that she like got from her doctor and wrote like a handwritten card on personalized stationery. Like that's like the kind of family we are. Like everything comes with like a little personalized card. Yep. And so even if you can't afford to like buy your own like personalized stationery or it's like not your vibe, having a box of like 100 really fun neon note cards is just like, it's like the greatest. Like you can always send a letter to someone and like what a gift to receive a piece of mail. I just like really love it. I can't even imagine that you would think I would be disappointed by this. It's such a good recommendation. And and it's true. Cards are like so expensive. And then you also have to like go out and get them. And we are not going out. And, and people buy them like one at a time. Right. And it's just like not it's just not useful. So American greeting cards. Yeah. American or it's just American greeting. It's not American, American greeting. Okay, American I'm greeting. Looking it up. Yeah. Right now. They they sell like. So I have the neon ones because I think they're the most fun, but they also sell like pastel colors and they sell like one with like fun scalloped edging and they're all like 115 bucks, which I think is like a pretty good deal. Is this the same American greetings that you would send like an e-card to? Might be. It's just like americangreetings.com with like the rose logo. Okay, perfect. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> they're, called, oh. they're called the neon rainbow blank flat panel note card yep. and colored envelope. <laughs> these are really, these are really great. And, um, uh, yeah, I think that's really smart. I need to do this because I have forever been like a really bad, uh, card writer because I never remember anyone's address and I don't like store yeah. it when I have it. And now I'm trying to get into the, um, habit of like putting people's addresses in the contact in the phone um and then I have it but I'm making life a lot harder for myself but like this is so nice and also like what is better than getting mail especially it's right like, now like I especially like I, I'm sure you too like all my friends are like far flung all over the country right now and like of course we text and FaceTime all the time but like how nice is it just to like get like a surprise note in the like in the mail that's just like hi I'm thinking of you and like a little like doodle or something yeah. like it's just like really sweet and it doesn't have to be like it. a whole like I am writing to you with my quill and ink like from the war you can just be like hi like you're pretty bye and then yeah. like that's it that's fun it's fun and having like just a big stack of these around just like never makes it seem like a big deal you know it's just like I always know that I can like have these here or even like I mean, especially for like professional stuff where like sending a neon card is like totally appropriate. Mm. It's like, I, like, I just like love throwing it in something, you know, like I, I was like giving my agent like, um, like a, a t-shirt or something that, that I got for the release of my book, not mm -hmm. to be like super extra, <laughs> but, um, I was just like, let me just like throw a note card in there and like, I'll be able to like write something sweet on it. Um, and I just think it's like, I don't know. There's like so many ways to not be thoughtful these days. And it mm. takes like so little effort to just be like this like tiny piece of colorful joy, like might make someone smile. And like, that's a nice thing to do. <laughs> that's really nice. No, I think that that's really great. And also, um, uh, if you read, uh, Rachel, 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 Rachel Wilkerson Miller's, um, just good shit, um, blog, she recommended getting a, a postage scale and you can like print your own stamps like you can just buy oh, like that. a ship and click and you can buy like all this stuff and then it's like I think a lot of people there's a lot of barriers to entry for post office stuff and I know that we're all like standing the post office right now but let's not forget there's not a person on this earth who hasn't gone into a post office and like wanted to cry because like the line is so long and like I get it that the people are mean because they're totally underfunded and under resourced um and it's literally like 
being it's 2019 and you're walking back in time to 1994 like that's the kind of software they're using so like the post office is rarely a good experience but you can it, it's also 2020 like you can just get all of this stuff at home and then like be done like you don't have to go into the store if you don't like want we to. i mean it's so frustrating right now because I, i'm like i'm sure so many people are trying to figure out how to like get their absentee ballot so they don't have to like go to the you know, the, the polls in November. And like mm-hmm. my biggest barrier to that right now is like, I don't have a printer and I need to print out a piece of paper to apply for my ballot. Yeah. So it's like, I have to, it's just like one more thing that is between me and like, t- you know, doing this. Yeah. Um, and I, w- I will figure it out. Like, I think I have one friend in my neighborhood with a printer um, <laughs> or like you can, like, there's like a, you know, a sandbox place where I can like pay a dollar per, per sheet to get mm-hmm. printed. But, um, having stuff in your home that makes it easier to do these things like eliminates that barrier to entry um and it's just like i mean it's just so silly in like 2020 that this is like that a printer might stop you from voting i have to say okay so you know what i had a totally different recommendation and now i'm going to change my recommendation on a whim and say my recommendation is get a friggin printer okay and and i say I that to I, everybody if, wait, if any of your listeners, like, have a recommendation for a printer, like, I would actually really love that because I, like, I was looking on Wirecutter and they had some, but the ones that they had were, like, not that affordable. Even the even the most affordable one, I think it was really big. And, yeah. like, I live in a small New York apartment. Like, I can't have, like, a massive, like, 1999 printer. And then my friend has, like, a really cute, sleek one, but it was, like, $400. And I was like, well, I can't do that either. So if anybody has a printer rec. I need one. I will tell you. I'm not kidding. I'm going to tell you now. This is going to be my recommendation. So we have this printer. So also, depending on where you live. Oh, you have one. Yeah. This is, this, I'm telling you, like, I have a printer and I've had a printer for a long time. Um, And, and I remember also being like, you know, you start a new job and they're like, print, you know, you got to print this and sign it. And you're like, to print it like you literally are like also typing into google like where do i print like just buy Wait, I a was, printer i like I, i've been visiting my parents like for a very socially distant outdoor lunch situation and um i literally was like oh i should probably have my mom print my absentee ba- my yeah. absentee registration ballot so <laughs> here's the printer that i am going to recommend this is the one that i have um i think i bought it i think dan bought it off craigslist like a long time ago it is not fancy. It's a little bulky, but like you can also just like shove it under your couch. You know what I mean? Like it, you can find a place for it if you're not using it all the time. I just leave mine out on my desk. Um, it's the Brother HL L2. I'll send you a link. 300D okay, monochrome laser printer with duplex printing. Who knows what that means? It's $70. Wait, um, that's a great price. Yeah, it's a great price. It's a, exactly how much you want to pay for a printer. Um, the the thing about printers is that like we are no longer in third grade, so like you don't need a color printer. Like we're not doing like reports. Like no one needs to print anything that's like in color. And the th- reason why printers get so expensive is because color ink is expensive. So you want a li- okay anyone yeah. who's listening, and I'm telling you now, Jess, like. You want a laser printer. It's just like black and white. You can buy paper. Um, I don't, you know what? The, this is a thing that California does really well. Dollar stores are so good in California and not great in New York, but I think they sell things online. I bought like three packs of like, you know, 50 pieces of paper for a dollar. And like I print something like, you know, twice a week or like once a week, maybe. Um, but when it's there, 
it saves you that whole entire weekend of like the pit in your stomach of being like, I have to print something. I have to print something. I, it's I, on I, my, I know yeah. you. I know you tweet about this all the time of being like, I have something on my to-do list that will take five minutes and I've been there since 2017 and I'm never going to do it. That's me with printing stuff. So I think, I mean, you've just influenced me to buy this. I think you um, need to do it. It But you're right because like, I feel like my idea of like what a printer is, is either like the enormous machine in my office, which Mm -hmm. like obviously I'm not going to anymore. Or, like, my parents' printer from when we were little that had, like, all of those, like, crazy ink cartridges that I knew were very expensive and, like, did not want to invest in. Yeah. You want the printer that you, like, slide the piece of paper and it's, like, do and it comes out. Instead of the one that's, like, <laughs> I'll do my song for – like, the color printers are, like, da-da-da-da-da-da. Like, it's coloring it. Like, you don't need that. Like, you don't – you'll never have to print anything on color again. But you might want to print a label. Like, if you're returning something, like – Oh my God, worth the printer, the $70 printer is worth its weight in gold if you ever return something from online. I mean, I would, I was that person that like brought an, like would bring enormous packages, like a, like pairs of shoes to my office yep. so I could print out the return label and like, like do it there. My big fear was always that they, um, would have like a, um, Especially at a company where I had to use my ID to use the printer. Like you had to like, I I always like feared that they would like be like, wow, Caroline printed like 19 Nordstrom returns. And that is (laughs) during work hours. And that is not work. (laughs) That is not work. Um, I mean, yeah, that's what good office. That's what office printers are for. And if we were living in a world where we were going to the office and, you know, getting our money's worth on the big laser jet scanner, copier, printer you know, I'd say, sure, don't buy a printer. But having a printer at home, especially when we don't leave home anymore, like it is going to pay for itself in just the no, like in in just like not being stressed about having that item on your to do list and being like, now I have to cross several rivers to like get to a find a printer. And it's going to cost me like three dollars every time I want to print. something. Yeah, it's true. And like I I have like tons of envelopes, right. you know, like I, like I have everything I need to like mail something mm-hmm. that would, that would re- like would that you would put like a normal piece of paper in, but no paper and no printer. So this is going to be really big for me, especially because like, yeah, I have no plans to go back to the office like anytime soon. Right. Um, and we'll definitely be using more paper. It's right. Exactly. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, just absentee ballots, like forms, your taxes, like stuff that you're like, okay, I need a hard copy of this, your lease, just like, or even like, I mean, with book stuff, it's like so many author friends, like I know they're always like posting pictures of like their printed out books and like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, where did you print that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, when they're like doing edits and like moving stuff around on the floor, I'm like, well, first that's like a great Instagram photo. Right. Thank you for showing me your process. (laughs) But also like. Literally, where did you print that? Where like, did you, you print go to that? Kinko's? Right, like, Kinko's. I like, like I couldn't like print that at my office. Like I don't, I don't know. So now this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a game changer. I'm telling you, like I'm gonna buy the note cards because like I want to get better at just sending really informal like highs to my friends, especially everyone in New York and um, whom I miss, and to my family, and especially because we're not going home for holidays. I want to send holiday cards this year, and like I have to just get on the bandwagon and like you're like but it's this it's literally like we're basically recommending the same thing which is like 
it's a very easy thing that like if you just put it on your desk like then it's there and you will do it like there's no barrier to entry anymore the printer is is seriously life-changing and i would say that like you should look on craigslist first because there's always somebody giving away a printer it's like i'm moving i need this out of my house by like tomorrow or like hey this is 30 this 900 printer is like $60 $60 or whatever but if you're just looking for like I just want the box to show up to my apartment and I don't want to finagle with Craigslist this thing's $70 it's not like the prettiest it's not going to print like the best it, it, th- if all you need it is for but forms exactly yeah it's like I don't need like you know an aesthetic printer I just don't want it to like be the size of my television or my like you know just like to take up so much space totally. but I just want something that like yeah will make sure I have the forms We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back. We are not done talking about printers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, we're back. You know what I also just realized, too, with printers? Remember, like, being in middle school and high school and, like, your friend's dad, who, like, was really into all the gadgets, had, like, a printer that would print from his Nikon digital camera. So he would take a picture and then immediately print it and you'd get to go home with, like, a picture of you and your bud. And that's not what printers are for anymore. Like, we're not (laughs) printing photos at our house with, like, the HP printer. I think no, and and I know that there are like great little printers that you can like hook up to your iPhone and get like an Instagram size photo or whatever. I also don't want that. Like right. I, I I don't need that. You just want something that's like, hey, I have to print this thing or this label, and that's it. And it can come out crooked, or like it can come out. You know what I mean? Like you're not like we're not looking for perfection here. Wow. I know I- when I when I it's like when I first learned that you could like sign stuff on. Uh, like on uh, Acrobat or like DocuSign yeah. without like printing something in and like like what like or printing something out like I would literally like print something out like somehow I don't know how like sign it take a photo of it yes. and like send it and like to someone who needed my signature on something and I was like cool 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 I'm the least professional person in the world a million <laughs> steps in between yeah it's crazy because like look here's the thing like not yeah fax machines are like obsolete like you do not need a copier in your house you can take a picture there's also apps that like scan in documents for like I don't know 11 bucks a year or whatever but there is nothing that really replicates like I have to print this thing out and it doesn't have to be like crazy fancy um you know I don't have to like make a copy of it after I print it out like nothing has been able to solve the problem of like oh I have to return something to Nordstrom or I have to you know return something to Amazon or I have to bring a hard copy of my lease to you know what I mean like to do my taxes or whatever there's like no actual replacement and then it becomes this horrible black cloud on your to-do list um that you like you never not think about somehow yeah and it's just like wait wait I really don't want to think about this anymore (laughs) and you're like oh my god like 
this this isn't this is no longer I also have like PTSD about my printer like past because I was always the kid like the printer would always jam and then my dad would yell at me for some reason like not my sibling just me it was like Caroline what'd you do I was like I wasn't even in the room with the printer um <laughs> so every time like and there are times where this printer jams because it's a $70 printer and then I'm I get this like, like the sweats about it um but it's like it's just there and when you want to send something you can And especially now trying to save the post office and also like voting by mail, like there are forms, there are things that are going to become like halfway to digital, you know, like, oh, we can do it online, but you still have to have the, the like form in your hand. And that's where this is going to come in handy. Totally. You deserve it. You wrote a book, buy a printer, like live a little. I'm I'm influenced. I think I deserve a printer. (laughs) You really do. It's going to change. I never even thought to to recommend this, but I also realized like, yeah, this is how, this is like one of those things that I think stresses a lot of people out and people forget, like you can just, just buy a printer. Just do it. Just buy a printer. Totally. Wow. I feel lighter already knowing right. that like a printer could come to my home like tomorrow. <laughs> and then it's all right. It's it's all uphill from here. And now I'm going to order the note cards um, because I feel like it's time. I also have friends who are so maybe you are this friend to people, but do you have friends who are like so good at sending mail and remembering birthdays and like every time? Is that you? Sometimes it hasn't been me for the past like six months, um, but Sometimes, sometimes I'm really good. I mean, and with the people that I'm like very intimately close with, yes. But like one of my best friends, Jordan, she every year she makes um, custom socks that have like really cute puns on them about feet. And so like the one that she made for New Year's like this past year said like, I hope you have a totally great year, like T-O-E. And last year she was like only giving them to people who lived in L.A., which is where she lives, I think. Like, I think she was only giving them to people in LA, but, and then because of like, you know, cost and time or whatever, but then she like had all these extra ones. And so she was like, she like was sending them to people. And so she sent one to me, she sent some to me and Maxwell and we just got them today. And she had written like a really sweet note in there that was just like, totally not, did not need to be there, but like just a very thoughtful extra touch. And she is like 100% that person. Um, and it's just like a really nice thing to do. <laughs> I aspire to be her, especially making socks with feet puns on them that's like levels above my skill set (laughs) yeah it's it's really funny and just like they're like the socks that you would wear to like pat around in your pajamas too like they're real they're like really like high Mm -hmm. and and like not super you know fashion forward I would say I'm not into fashion I love them so much (laughs) um before we wrap up I need to know just because this is a question I've been asking everybody because personal, I'm personally invested in these answers and interested. Have you picked up any hobbies during quarantine that you're really into? Like, did you teach yourself how to do anything? I mean, look, yes, you had a book come out like big deal, probably took a lot of time. But like, did you have time between job and book to to like get into anything new? And what was it? I'm trying to think. Um, I no the short answer is no I have not picked up a new hobby or a new skill or done anything like super productive other than like meet my deadlines and do my my work which I feel like is extremely extremely um hard to do these days correct um but I will I will say that the one thing that has brought me like real joy that I did not do before 
were or like online dance classes um like i try to do 305 fitness which is like free on youtube um i try to do that like a couple times a week wow. and it has been like a real a real sense of joy for me like the founder her name is Sadie she like leads these like very funny dances that you can even do if you're not coordinated at all like I am like I am super not coordinated and it's just like a nice adrenaline rush and or like endorphin rush not adrenaline and it takes like 30 minutes and it just makes me feel good I should do that I like really like the first week I was like yeah working out and now I'm like eh, whatever but like I did 305 Same. in person once and I was like dying like I did. Yes. The in-person classes are very hard. The, she's, I mean, she's not there in your living room. So it's like, she's, it's just very forgiving. And she's like, very, she's very nurturing in the, in the dances where she's just like, you're gorgeous. You do it. Like you're, you're, you look amazing. Like if you can't, if you can't, you know, do the full thing, don't like take right. a break. I'd be and, like, okay, Zadie, no problem. I'm gonna go exactly. Like that's, that's what I need. Um, and so that has been, really nice I would say um and we've been like we have a little deck here in our Brooklyn apartment mm -hmm. which is incredible and we've just been um barbecuing like crazy so, so nice. uh so that's been um another thing but like no I have not like you know like I don't know learned how to like I don't know what are people saying like what 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 can you even do I think like <laughs> the first three weeks everyone was like on you know like oh making bread and stuff. yeah exactly like sourdough I'm learning how to knit I'm doing this I'm doing that and like now and like Animal Crossing and I feel like now I'm like what's everyone doing and everyone's like I'm watching TV like yeah, I'm, I'm reading books yeah watching a lot of TV um I did make like one loaf of challah and that was like really exciting and I was like I'm gonna become the person who makes challah every weekend and like celebrate Shabbat um, I like have not made it since. <laughs> like, like I mean, have you? Do you have anything new that you're doing? No, 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 no. Um, I I did a lot of like, um, uh, we did we we have a so we have a big backyard, so we did a big garden. Um, like oh nice. So but yeah. but Dan sort of leads the way on that because I don't really get like I overwater, I underwater. I killed a fiddle leaf fern like immediately after procuring it, and it's so funny like when you Google like why is my plant dying it's like you either overwatered it or underwatered it it's either getting too much sun or not enough sun like hope this helps and you're like no okay I didn't know wait um, I have like I have a genius I think idea for an app that I would love somebody to make uh -huh. so, because we Maxwell my partner is like the plant guy in our apartment and we have like a little garden too that with like some tomatoes and peppers it's all like burned up and dying and like doing poorly this year and right. like we're fine with it whatever but we always talk about like how amazing would it be if you could just take a photo of like your plant and send it to like the plant doctor, like in an app and they could just like tell you what was wrong with it. That doesn't exist yet. If it does, I would love to know about Me it. Me too. I haven't been able to if find it, it. I also haven't, I haven't searched that hard for it. So if it exists, if, I'm sorry, but I would love no, to know about it. I, that's a brilliant idea. If anyone knows of anything like that, that exists, please tell us about it. But also if anyone doesn't know about it, it, it's her idea. You can't take it. This is <laughs> no, no, please take it. <laughs> okay. I don't need any, I don't need any credit, but wow. it's like, we, we had, um, these like cherry tomatoes that had like, like dark circles on the bottom. And like, I took an, like a photo last summer of them and like posted an Instagram. And I was like, does anybody know what's wrong with this? And my cousin who is like a landscape architect and I guess like an extraordinary gardener also was like, Oh, obviously that's blossom end rot. And I was like, don't know what that is. Like never oh, heard Obviously. Of it. Yeah. Obviously <laughs> looked it up and it was like, Oh yeah, that's like totally what it is. And, um, I wish I just like had that for all my plants on demand. Like, 
Yeah, that's a, it's a really good idea. I'm thinking about I should I should like get my father in law set up with like some sort of like, you know, ex Uber employee because and like build this app together because he's a botanist. So like, <gasps> cool. Mm-hmm, so he like builds greenhouses and or he built his greenhouse and he's in there all the time. And um, he breeds orchids like he's really good. But we always like send we kind of do like that's sort of our version is we, we send pictures. But Dan is like too sometimes like too proud to do it um because men and um <laughs> but I'm like I'll do it I don't care like ever, no one thinks I can grow anything but like yeah I would love someone like telehealth but for plants yeah yeah I'm sure it would be Americanized immediately and it would like come with like an insurance package and, and you like can't get it unless you have and all the, the plant the plant influencers would like take like yeah. be, be like just absolutely like gorgeous regal like you know hot queens. hot yeah hot with plants hot. I feel like that if this if the sill could do like a spinoff of that um I would pay for sure that that's yeah. a really great idea yeah planting and no, that's it. I toy with getting a dog. <laughs> and that's about it. My big hobby is like looking at pet finder at dogs. Same, same. You guys have pets or no? Close. No, but my sister has a dog and um, we're on the photo stream. So I feel mm. like, you know, it's just <laughs> like, I like, she's like the perfect dog. She's just an incredible, incredible specimen. And every moment with her is a joy but like I don't want to clean up her poop so it's fine yeah I get that I get that I think also California weather has lent itself for me thinking it's a good idea because like all weather is the same but I like in New York like remember those cold dark snowy rainy days you have to like drag the dog outside and they're like mad at you well we're actually we're moving to Boston just for like a couple just for a couple months um and yeah, it's yeah, it's um just for a couple of months and everyone keeps being like, Oh, Boston's like a great place for a dog. Like you guys should get a dog. And I'm like, We're not gonna like get a dog just because we're like moving to a new place for Temporary. a couple months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll be back. Yeah. New York New York is like anything, New York is difficult if you're not like insanely rich and can like afford to make it convenient for yourself. And this goes for dog owners too. Yeah. Cats are easy though, sometimes. Um Wow. Like, wow. I feel like we covered so much. Now I'm buying note cards. You're buying a printer. We're saving the post office. I also feel like I could keep talking about all this stuff forever. Me too. I feel like we'll, <laughs> we'll stop recording to like save the episode, but like you and I will just keep talking on the phone. Um, I love it. Uh, Jessica Goodman, um, the author of They Wish They Were Us. It's out right now. Do you have an indie store you want to shout out where people can order the book? Yeah, Greenlight in Brooklyn is my fave. It's my my local, and I will be signing books there and at Books Are Magic. So if you want um, signed copies, you can order from there and just put a little note that says, like, please ask Jess to sign this for whoever. Um, But, yeah, support local, support indie. If you have a favorite one in your neighborhood, go for that. They're the best. They're the lifeblood of our communities. Awesome. Um, such a good book. Everyone needs to read it um, before the show comes out. And then we can have long discussions like the same way we talked about Gossip Girl about the show. And just please enjoy the cover for how beautiful it is. Jess, thank you so much for coming. Long time in the works. I know. I, I, this is such a treat. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Um, you were great. This was a great episode. Remember, you can follow G Thanks Just Bought It at G Thanks Just Bought It Pod on Instagram, or there's a G Thanks Facebook group if you search G Thanks Just Bought It, and that's exciting. So close to swipe up, you guys, and then I feel like my life's going to change. Like, I really feel it. It's real. It's going to happen. 
and I'll never forget where I came from before that. Anyway, we will see you guys next week for another episode.